Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Helpings. We are joined today by Pastor Eric because Pastor Eric preached the message from, what's our date? 8-22. 22. It's moving right along. This year. Uh, last year was crazy, like the last year. I feel like this year is just pumping. You mean last year, 2019? 2019. Last 2019 year? I, don't, I don't even know anymore. What year, or, I mean, I think at this point when people say, oh, you know last year? They're referring they to 2019. Mean, You're right. They like, just skipped 2020. Because they're like, we're just skipping 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember? Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, man. So many things have changed so quickly, so quickly. Anyway, so yeah, following up on the message from 8-22, August 22nd, uh, which again, right now, we're not currently in a verse-by-verse series like we typically would be. Um, so you pre- preached from Psalm 84. Why don't you start us off by telling us, when you were thinking about a text, why is it Psalm 84 came to mind? Yeah, so knowing, hey, you're going to come in, preach one Sunday. Uh, like you said, we're not in a series, so thinking through, okay, in one Sunday, what can you try to tackle and talk about? Yeah. Um, and the reality is, I mean, I, I mentioned in the sermon, Jesus says, this is eternal life, that you know God and the one whom he sent. And so as I'm thinking about all the people are processing and their life and their emotions, uh, with everything going on, what is potentially most helpful for them? Let's talk about who God is. Mm-hmm. So you start flipping through the Psalms, you know, reading through those, and just as I whittled it down, Psalm 84 just wound up standing out, praying through it. And I think, yes, let's wrestle with what's more satisfying than God. Oh. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, debated fact, it seems. I mean, that's part of the part, part of the message is that obviously we, we forget that there's nothing that's more important than God, that's, that's mm-hmm. more valuable than God. So that was one of the really great things that, that came across yesterday um, as I was listening to the message and thinking about, yes, you're right. Why do we need to preach this? Like, why do we need to talk about this? And I just wonder, like, have we forgotten? Right? Have we forgotten God's greatness or have we just been derelict and not paying attention to it and spending the time or the emphasis on it? Um, which I thought you did a lot of great things about that, but I'm sure there's some other things you were thinking about as you were preparing that, um, about how, how is it that we're missing that? Why is it we're missing it? What were some things that you think maybe we could do to, to not do so, to be more engaged with God's greatness? Yeah, I mean, so in the sermon, you know, so this, this text wasn't heavy on kind of do this, don't do that. Yeah. It wasn't. And so as you're going through it, we weren't tackling a lot of super specific yeah. applications. Uh, but, you know, kind of in that first part, one of the applications is learn more about who God is. Yeah. As you're reading the Bible, you know, people have different tendencies when they read scripture. Uh, sometimes it's just, what do I do? What do I believe about this doctrine? Da, 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 da. Um, and if you're not careful, you can miss, what does this tell me about God? Yeah, yeah. What does this tell me about who He is and the actions we see Him doing in Scripture? Wh- why is that? You know, and so I think just reminding each other, like having these conversations, yeah. you and I do that around here in the church building where we'll, we'll talk about who God is. So I think just reminding one another because um, we didn't get into this part. I mean, this is a song of Zion, and they're thinking about going to be together yeah. yep. as the nation of Israel. 
So there's a sense in which we can encourage one another. Zach, what do you learn about God this week, man? What is what does this text tell you about who He is? Um, and, and wrestle with this with who those who He is. Yeah, that was one of the things I thought. I, I, I um, so I went back and listened to the message again because I was having to run sound and uh, during the service, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> but I went back and listened to it, and I remember you saying um, you went John seventeen three. Which I was like, oh, he stole like my my verse. Like I love that verse. And then like just a minute later, he used what I used all the time from it. Is ask yourself, what does the text mm-hmm. tell me about who God is? And it's not stealing my line. Oh, sure. It's the how we should be looking at Scripture, right? Um, because there's so much of it. But when you so after you said that, I thought to myself, this should be more obvious to us, but it is not. And I think about the culture that we live in now. Um, and I know this is something we always, people always do this. Oh, you know, things aren't like they were back in my day and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I did just think in the past few years, have we lost the ability to dwell upon something? Have we lost the ability to think deeply and complexly about something because we're used to being able to make a complete judgment about something or someone in 220 characters, right? Mm-hmm. Or we're able to figure it. it, it and the irony is, even now, it's acceptable to do that now, right? Somebody makes a post, or I saw this piece of information, or even so-and-so heard this, and I think they're a pretty reliable source. All of a sudden, you know everything you need to. Why dwell upon it anymore? Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with the Lord. I mean, you can in one sense. You can see the sunrise and have that immediate, sure. whoa, like God just crushed your Instagram, right? <laughs> He's got better pictures. But there's that thing where I wonder if... We don't value him in his presence and the intimacy with him the way that we could and should because we simply don't take the time to dig into the depths of what's there. And I almost feel like we're kind of losing the ability to do so. We're, we're just not, we're not practicing it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's a loaded discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, we exist day to day in Insta everything. Yeah. So we're not even encouraged to dwell on one thing. Yeah. Uh, now, social media and different things are designed for you to dwell, but on thing after thing after thing after thing. Yeah. And so stopping and dwelling on one thing yeah. isn't necessarily something we encounter on a regular basis. Um, I think some of it, too, is, and I, I briefly mentioned this in the sermon, because um, I can imagine people sitting in the, the congregation and they hear, that's great that the psalmist felt this way. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like him right now. And that you could be tempted to go, what's wrong with me? What is my deal? I, I don't encounter God the way the psalmist did. And so I briefly kind of mentioned, hey, this is not a moment to beat yourself up. Yeah. But it's to, to learn from the psalmist, to be encouraged. Yeah, I need to dwell on who God is. Yeah. And just know that you might do that one day and your emotion like you may not have a spiritual high that day. Yeah. But that is not wasted time. Yeah. Because over time, little by little, as we try to I mean, you're trying to comprehend the living God. Yes. <laughs> like that takes a minute yeah. to do. And so you're not gonna do it. That, it takes eternity. That's right, right? And yeah. so if you go through periods where you you don't feel the oh man, I'm just so satisfied. Uh-huh keep digging in yeah. because over time um, when you dwell on something that's so dissatisfying it will produce results yeah like it's not a fruitless effort yeah. just because you have the the normal ups and downs of life yeah right even 
the Psalms are very clear that we have those ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, not losing heart when it's not just that instant, oh, yes, I read about God and I just feel amazing right now. Yeah. Because you might not. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that's one of the things to really like to work through. And this is a, this is a good thing to dwell on for people that struggle with that. If you think about it, you go, OK, I'm not getting satisfaction on who God is. You just do the math of it. There's some conclusions I can draw here. It can be there, there's something that I'm missing in this. Right. There's more work to be done on my part. Um, there's more time to spend on it. There's more effort to exert. Mm-hmm. Or the alternative is, is that God's not satisfying. Well, when you put it in those terms, you go, well, yeah, obviously I'm wrong about the second one, right? God is satisfying. Now, if he's not satisfying to you in any sense, you should do some soul searching Mm -hmm. and some work. Yeah, of course. Um, Because if you do not find any pleasures in God, there's a good chance there is no God in you, that you have not had this experience because he is satisfying. But there's truth in the struggle. Like there are times where you're just not getting it. But it's like if we're going to go, we went a trip. We uh, what, where's some? I can't think about how to hy- hypothetically do this. We went to Chipotle for lunch, and we entered the little contest to win a trip. And we're going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. All expenses paid, which Clearly, is what, like you were not a part of any of this equation. No, you're no, naming, no, no. You're naming all the things that you were not doing. This is how I came up with it. Now I'm obligated to do it because I entered the contest with you, right? So I have to go do it. I'm not just going to wake up one day and go, oh, today's the day. Let's go hit the trail, right? And go hit. Like you're going to start working up towards that. Anybody knows that. I mean, you can put it in a different. You're going to your beach vacation, right? Hopefully, you don't just go and get your base tan on day one. You're sunburned for your vacation. Like people work up to these things for a greater experience on the back end. We just forget that when it comes to the Lord. But it's the thing that we shouldn't. There's a chance that trip might go poorly for us, mm-hmm. right? There's a chance you might get sunburned or we might break a leg on the Appalachian Trail or whatever, like all those kind of things. There is no chance that God won't be satisfying at the end of our effort. So the fix is in, you know it's going to be there. If you do the work, it will eventually prove to be not only satisfying, but I have found in my experience more satisfying than you have ever imagined at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I want to, that word satisfying, I bring that up for a reason, because okay. you made a line, uh, I, I put it in quotation, so I'm assuming I'm quoting it correctly. Okay. Satisfaction comes first, then change. And I thought that was good, and you hit it on it pretty well in the message, but I just uh, encourage people with that, and the idea that, and why you said it in that way, because I'm assuming we're talking about a little horse before the cart kind of action here that mm-hmm. can happen in our daily lives. Yeah, I mean, it's actually something Courtney and I have been talking about a lot recently. Just this, um, being being satisfied in God first, and then seeing that um, impact your life as a result. Um, Because I think there's a lot of struggle um, to want to know what to do. And if I do these things, Mm. like I'm in the club, Mm -hmm. or I'm not in the club, or those actions must mean there's something wrong with me, but these actions don't. And and you, all of a sudden now, you're only thinking about doing things and then how easy it is that the purpose of doing those things is not the ultimate purpose. Yeah. I'm doing this because I, I want to please someone else. Yeah. I'm doing this because I'm identifying as part of this group. No. I'm doing this because this will help me not get ridiculed this week. Yeah. You fill in the blank, whatever your tendency or struggle is, um, and in the midst of it, 
you are completely missing the fact that your chief end is to glorify God. Yeah. And so wanting people to understand, like even this week, if you're so focused on the change, you're so focused only on your actions, mm-hmm. you're not making time to be satisfied in God. Yeah. But as you are satisfied in God and you wrestle with that, obviously our actions matter, yeah. right? So oh, I'm yeah. not saying our yeah, actions absolutely. don't matter, but the basis of those actions will be firm yeah. because it's in something that is all satisfying yeah. and not a fleeting pleasure of the world. Yeah. Which is why in the temptation part, um, talking about our struggles and temptation in my own life, and I know for people sometimes, I think we get stuck on, don't do this, I know I should do this. And we leave it at that base behavioral level. Yeah. And so we, in that moment, we're weighing out what's more pleasurable in this moment. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we don't realize that the actual battle going on is a battle for our soul, mm. a battle for our affections, a battle for us being satisfied. And so this wrong action, which may be clearly ind- indicated in scripture as a wrong action, the bigger, deeper thing is that I'm doing it because I'm not satisfied in who God is. Yeah. I mean, Paul says that people have exchanged the glory yeah. of Almighty God to live out their fleshly desires. Yeah. And so it, we can't just equate this action and this action, separated from wh- where am I trying to find my satisfaction? Because when we wrestle with some of those things, you start going, oh, that's why I chose to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to be satisfied, and I think this thing or this action or this person or whatever it is will fill that. Yeah. And if we don't stop and go, oh, I'm trying to be satisfied with something that won't do it. Yeah. You know, anyway. I, I think I think it's a good point. Because we are using this word satisfaction over and over again. Um, and apart from Mick Jagger's head, saw, voice in the back of my head over and over again, um, th- that word is not something people commonly use. And I wonder if one of the reasons we don't do it is because if some people have lost hope in it, and the idea of being satisfied in something, I think a lot of people go, I just want to get through the day. I just want to, I just want to make it, you know, I, I want, I want peace. I don't want all this hectic stuff going on. I want to be able to have some kind of calm in my life, which is fine. I'm not, that's, there's totally a place to be, for, but that is satisfaction. You're just not using the term. You're, you're, and what's sad about that is you're actually being satisfied with far less than mm-hmm. what's made available to you. Christ has afforded you the opportunity to be satisfied and delighted with great, great things but we're, we're just falling for these lesser delights, mm-hmm. right? Because they're easy and they don't take effort. That's really not true. It's right there. <laughs> like it's right there. <laughs> it's in front of us all the time. And you were made to pursue. You weren't made to be passive, right? You were thinking about the, so, the, the psalm and pursuing the presence of the Lord, going to be with him. I love what you talked about the, I'm uh, the animal now, the bird, right? Like the, he's saying it's even yeah. better to be a bird just because it's close to you. We forget we're made to do that. So in our passivity, we think we're being satisfied. You're actually not. You're mm-hmm. tricking yourself into the, a sense of boredom and stupor that is so much less than what you were supposed to be able to taste and experience. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
The, um, so I want to think about something, and um, this is me being biased here because, oh, now my app's not going to work because I'm preparing, and our messages dovetail in very nicely. I want to publicly thank Eric for preparing my message for next week for me. I get to cut out about 20 minutes. Um, that was done, so thank you for that. I should have had this up. Where was it? Psalm 84. It's By the right. way, he's not saying his sermon is going to be 20 minutes <laughs> shorter. No, no, no. Yeah. He just gained 20 extra That's minutes. right, yeah. So now it's just going to be you know, a good 60, 70 minutes as a opposed to what it was going to be. Right. I'm just kidding. Um, so I was thinking about this. It bring me back to um, verse 11 that's in there. Uh, right after the very popular verse 10 that we're very familiar with, we sang about, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Where, But in verse 11, he says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The reason it stuck out to me is because I'm preparing to preach from Romans 12 verse 1. Paul's talking about the mercies of God that have gone all through 1 and 11. And it, re- it makes me wonder if sometimes we think that it's wrong to enjoy the Lord because of what he's done for us. Um, there's a sense in which that could be bad to where you just, all you care about is what I, what I get out of it. But you can't separate that you get something out of it. And what he what he's saying here, the psalmist, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield because of who you are and what you do. You're a provider. You're a protector. Mm-hmm. Um, and you bestow favor and honor on your people. No good thing do you withhold. He says, then he goes in verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed am I because of who you are. I don't think that trip to satisfaction is as far as we might think. These are simple things that if you just put it in your mind to dwell upon, to look upon during your day, to stop every few minutes, you know, put down the phone or the hobby or whatever it is and do these things, you'll start to recognize, oh man, this God is, he, uh, it seems foolish to say, but he's better than I could have imagined. But you just you gotta pause for a second and spend some time on it. Mm-hmm. What are some, like, I know you do that. We talk about this all the time. What are some things that you do that help you to remember God's greatness, to think, oh, yeah, the, the, the presence of the Lord is valuable and I want it? Yeah, I mean, a variety of things. Um, so, I mean, we were joking, uh, you know, my study floor, um, figuratively, like, is covered with notes yeah. that don't ever make it into yeah. the sermon. Yeah. Like, you can't bring it all with you. Yeah. There's so many things. So, this is Psalm 84. And it's a song. It's a song of Zion. So we didn't even touch on. Hey, this could kind of be a sentiment that they were singing. Mm, yeah. On their way yeah. to Zion. You know, we read it and we can't picture putting it into words necessarily. Even though we sang. Yeah. There is one <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is a sense that. Uh, so I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, in in song, I, I listen uh, to music. Yeah. Um, that stirs my soul mm. and my affections. Yeah. In particular, music that points me to who God is, yeah. right? And because um, we are whole beings. Mm. And so as we think about being satisfied in God, um, we cannot get caught up in just like a mental exercise. Yeah. We, it's very Western of us in a lot yeah. of ways, like we're taught to think linear, like rationale, logic, Absolutely, don't chunk any of that out. But we are created as whole beings. So that's why when you see the sunrise, mm-hmm. there is something in you that goes, oh, there, there's something to this. Yeah. 
right? And so um, songs are, are things that encourage me. Uh, in particular, when I feel like I don't have the words or I just, I need to express myself. Yeah. Uh, so having music that stirs me, it points me towards who God is. Yeah. Um, obviously being in the word mm. and reading it and reading it over and over and over and dwelling on it. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking, thinking it through, asking questions mm. about what is this saying? Mm. Why does he say this? Yeah. How does this tell me, what does it tell me about God? Um, and then, you know, we've already mentioned having conversations with people, yeah. uh, whether it's a brother or sister at, from church, um, you know, a spouse, whoever it is, you know, talking about these things and having it be a part of the the whole of your life. Yeah, yeah. Right? So multi-sensory, um, touching every facet of your life, which I had, you know, people might hear that and go, is he lost his mind? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not saying don't be logical. Yeah. Don't take in truth. Like if you're not taking in scripture, then all that other stuff won't be properly yeah. put in perspective. Yeah. Right. So this is this is the guide. Yeah. This is the ultimate source that informs my my emotions or my thoughts about songs yeah. or about experiencing creation yeah. or those things. So this is the source. But why confine myself when God hasn't confined me? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. To be a whole person and to experience him in the totality of my life and so being satisfied in god isn't i think we hear that word satisfied and we think "Ooh, anything that was good that made me feel good in that moment which yes that's part of it but our satisfaction in god is lived out yes and so coming to work today on monday Mm. you know you finding that satisfaction and trusting him and his ways and not just oh, i gotta sit and just sort of yeah anyway no i think that's really good because i kind of i'm even setting you up a little bit because i want i wanted a proactive because i want kind of a prohibition almost in a sense and i think it's helpful to think about when you're being satisfied in the lord you can only be satisfied in doing those things that he's designed you to do and he's chiefly designed you to reflect and enjoy his glory mm-hmm. so you're only going to be satisfied in so much as a thing, a task, is inclined towards that. Mm-hmm. So the prohibition that I want to give is if you're doing tasks and things that are inclining you or, or disinclining you towards that, they're leading you away from reflecting God's image, don't do them. Like, mm-hmm. and Here's the thing. That's a simple thing to say. But if you do some business with yourself, you might find there's some things that you really enjoy and are putting a lot of time into they're actually turning you away from reflecting God's image. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be some things you do that you can change and alter in such a way that they can be used for that. But I think probably for a lot of folks, you're going to find some stuff and you go, you know what? I ought not participate in this activity. Maybe uh, if it is something where I have to think about and I have to start trying to connect the dots to see how it's helping me to get satisfaction in my purpose as an image bearer, if you ever just connect too many dots, Maybe don't do those things. Mm-hmm. And then you can replace them with things like dwelling upon the, the nature around you, spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer. Conversation, such a huge one that I find is so weird for people. They feel awkward talking about the Lord with one another. Um, and I'd like to have some kind of great tactic to tell people how to get over that, but it is do it. <laughs> you right. throw the dog in the lake and all of a sudden he swims, right? right. Um, it's that kind of thing. That is not uh, advice anyway for any dog hunters out there. I'm not responsible for what you do to your pets, <laughs> but you get the analogy. And yeah, but just I, get into it. 
But I think even in this moment, you're talking about don't do these certain things and then replace it with another action. I totally agree with you. But I, I want people not to miss why. Yes, absolutely. Like, it's not just the action. No. It's the satisfaction yep. part yeah. of I wouldn't do something not because Zach said don't do it, mm. not because Eric thinks you shouldn't do it, uh, not because it doesn't seem popular or, or fill in the blank. It's I, I don't want to do this because right now for me in this moment and period of my t life, it's not helping me find satisfaction in yeah. God. Yeah. The issue isn't necessarily the just base level action. Yeah. Not that the action isn't no. important, but so if I just don't do that action, and find something that is supposedly gonna make me satisfied. Again, it's about, is it making, are you being satisfied in the right place? Yes, you, uh, please everybody have liberty to understand and hear this. You should pursue your joy. You should pursue satisfaction. The reason you remove things is because they're in the way, mm -hmm. right? You don't, you don't wanna be brushing your teeth with Oreos, right? It's counterproductive to you trying to get your teeth clean, but it must be that you're trying to get your teeth clean, right? Like mm -hmm. it's the, the point of it is, these things are removed from us, not for the sake of removal, because they are, wait, did somebody say something about throwing off the hindrances that entangle us? Mm. It sounds vaguely familiar. New Testament. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but I do, I think people need to hear that and understand, you should absolutely, 100%, be obsessed with pursuing your joy. You should totally do that. You just need to make sure that you understand there's a proper joy and pursuing it in something that is false is not gonna help you. So as you pursue satisfaction, contentment, fulfillment of your purpose as an image bearer, you run hard. And really, as you start to remove things, it's kind of like, get out of my way. I want this, I want this joy. That's a proper way to remove yeah, things. And it must be in pursuit. And I think some of the struggle for people is like wrestling with all the action stuff and doing this, not doing that, mm. um, is even not even remembering who they are. Mm. God has said, you are mine. Mm. I made it so. I did it. Mm -hmm. I orchestrated history. I sent my son. I accepted his sacrifice. I am sustaining you right now. I am continually gracious and patient with you right now so that you can be satisfied in me. Mm. And man, how quick we are to want to earn all that junk mm. that we can't earn. Mm. Mm. And we expect other people to earn it. Yeah. But remembering who we are in Christ mm. gives freedom. Uh, and again, kudos to my wife. This is something we talk about, how amazing it is to have a wife that talks to you about the Lord yeah. and encourages you in those things. Um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. No, that's a good blessing. A good, <laughs> um, <laughs> but just uh, not not trying to let all the things mm. earn a place that's already been given to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we wrestle with those things and we are like, wow, that's who I, like there's a fear I think that if I don't do certain things, how am I going to turn out? Yeah. Your your identity has already been determined. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as you reflect on that, as if you think about your satisfaction in God, that's not going, like Jesus says, like it's going to produce the right fruit. Mm. 
So who are we to con- take control of, you know, Paul Tripp talks about like nailing fruit to an apple tree, like, but <laughs> it's not an, like, I'm going to take an apple and I'm going to nail it to, I don't know if he says a pear tree or whatever, like Alien we try to place fruit yeah. on something that's something else. Yep. Um, and so we can't, like, we are fully 100%, if we are in Christ, we are in Christ. Mm. Nothing can take that away. Mm. Nothing can add to it. I, you, yes. You can. You have to know you this. You cannot. Yes. So if that is true, are you thinking now, I can just go do whatever the heck I want? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. you're not. You're like, this Jesus, I want to follow him. That's right. Yeah. But now you're doing it out of a place of satisfaction. That's right. And so Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That's right. Not obey my commands and then you'll love me. That's right. And this is huge. Oh, yeah. And just as this is a people thing all throughout history, you know, struggling with. Yes, we're not the first ones. Right, to we're not this. the first ones yes. to do that. Yeah. Um, but we got to fight for that. Yeah. That, and that's a good word, Eric. We, you need to fight for it. Back to talking again about getting over this instant satisfaction and this sense of instant gratification, you got to reject that Mm -hmm. and you have got to fight. You have got to put down your flag, say, this thing is true. I'm going to stand on this hill and I'm going to remind myself, I'm going to live in the truth of who I am, what God has done for me, who he is. Mm -hmm. And if you struggle with that, it is, it is, there's a sense in which you like, you just need to spend some time on that because it's not untrue. It's, I remember years ago, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but the, I like the analogy, so I'll use it. But somebody had said that Bill Gates had gotten to the point to where if he stopped to pick up a dollar, he would lose money, right? He was making so much money so quickly that if he saw a dollar on the floor and he went to pick it up, he would actually lose money because of his time being mm-hmm. better spent somewhere else. And I think that's what we do. Like we're so wealthy. We have so much that's been given to us, but we're all over the floor looking for pennies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's foolishness, right? You have so much that's already there. Indulge in it. Indulge in what the Lord's done for you, who He is. Enjoy that, and your satisfaction will grow. Yes. It's done. Yeah. It is done and guaranteed. And I think it's good also for people in this moment to go, what, what about when I don't? Mm-hmm. Like, we should feel free to tell one another. Oh yeah. I don't today. Oh yeah. Tied to the reality that your identity is in Christ, but people don't want to do that. Yeah. They don't want to come to you and say, "I'm struggling today." Mm-hmm. What is he going to think? What am I? What does that mean about me? And so, as if we're a people that are wrestling with, my identity is wrapped up and secure in Christ. God is making a way for me to be with him. Mm. He wants me to mm. be in relationship with him, to be near him. Why why act like you have to now not ever feel down? Oh yeah. Or feel like today I just you know, there there's free brothers and sisters in Christ should feel free to say I don't feel it today. Yeah. Will you pray for me? Yeah. Like you know, what's something you thought about this week that might be encouraging to me? There you go, man. You know, and have that communal aspect uh, of encouraging one another and not think you got to have it together all the time. Yeah. 
these conversations yeah. are so important. I've before gone to a brother that I've had you or other people I have a relationship with where they just know I don't have to do the whole we're not going to talk Georgia football for five minutes before we get into whatever conversation we're going to have I can just come in guns and blazing I love that it's mm -hmm. so liberating for me my personality I think it should be liberating for all of us but I've had times before where I've come in and I don't necessarily want to just start with I'm kind of funky today like I don't want to, oh, sure. I don't want to bring mean, down the room but because of the nature and the relationship I've built up with other people they'll start talking to me about the Lord just right off the bat. And by the time we get around to me talking about being snotty, I'm not anymore. Like mm -hmm. the, the brother has filled me with a joy, but there's other times where I still get to that and I'll say, man, I am down. And then we're able to not just simply, which is totally valuable, pray for me, but the brother can be like, well, have you thought about this or what's mm -hmm. this or just hearing me? And man, it's so good. Cause then on the other hand, when I'm on that, that receiving part, when I'm the person, the brother saying, man, I'm struggling, and I start talking back, we both end up getting blessed from this. Mm -hmm. That is baseline how we are supposed to be, people. This is mm -hmm. These are the things we're supposed to be talking about. This other stuff is fluff. I'm not saying that there's not things that are important to discuss, but you do them under the umbrella mm -hmm. of God's sovereign grace and his character and his great work to reveal who he is in all of creation. The conversations are just so much more edifying, valuable. You want to be around one another. Uh, just do it. Just, just old school, Spike mm -hmm. Lee, Michael Jordan. <laughs> just do it. Right. Right? Yeah. Hope that's not YouTube. Hopefully, it doesn't strike the video. I don't think that's copyright infringement any longer. <laughs> right? I mean, at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, come on. So that's probably part of the vernacular. Well, anyway, we can go on and on. Which is good. Yeah. Do you also say, is there anything you want to get out before you, you're never allowed to talk to these people again? This is the last time you get to talk. Yeah. <laughs> anything else that was lingering? No. Yeah, I mean, so um, just thinking about truly our satisfaction as God in God alone and that he wants us to be satisfied in him. He has made a way for that to happen. Um, and we think, okay, I see that here in the middle. In the beginning, Pat, I mean, what the providence of God that in Pat's prayer, he's mm. praying about being in the garden yeah. and um, that God was near us. Mm. You know, humanity was in his presence mm. and because of sin, it was torn. Yeah. Um, but then think about where we're going. And mm. in Re Revelation, um, you know, I'm not opening up a can of worms. Are here. you about Revelation. to pull out Revelation listen, at the end listen. of this video? We're about to go to part two and three right now, people. <laughs> yeah. no. So... I mean, in uh, chapter 21, he's talking about a new creation, new heavens and new earth. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling, thinking about Psalm 84, yes. the dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Mm -hmm. And you keep going on through the chapter, uh, you get in down to verse 22, 23. Uh, and he's talking about the new city and the dimensions of the city and that kind of stuff. He says, guess what he didn't see? Mm. I did not see a temple. <laughs> I did not see a temple in it because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Ooh. Lamb are its temple. Come on, man. I'm about to take a lap in this room. <laughs> so good. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates it and its lamp is the lamp. Mm -hmm. mm. So if you're ever struggling with, is this really my purpose? Mm. Day one, created to be in his presence. 
we jacked that junk up mm. in our sin. He made a way. Mm. And like he shows us that he's making a way all along mm. in the Old Testament. He had the tabernacle, the temple, coming of Christ, mm. and in words for us in the future. Yeah. Hey, all this temple mess, well, he's already shown us in Christ that we don't need a temple, mm. but even further, just demonstrating, I, I'm going to be the temple. That's right. And you can mm. dwell with me, and, and I will be yes. your God. So good. So, so, so good. Yes. There. Let me see you, your happy dance. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about if we had the camera angles. <laughs> um, but it's the, the satisfaction. You want the satisfaction that helps you to endure the cross? Yeah. Look forward to the joy that's up before yes. us. None of the stuff's worth comparing, man. There, well, I think somebody good said stuff that. coming uh, a couple times. Right? It's good stuff. So yeah. thank you, brother. Thank you for yeah, bringing the message. Thank you for spending the time with us. Thank you yes, guys for joining us. If you cannot tell, if you want to talk more about this, please. <laughs> we, we would love to do so. Um, this is a great thing to talk about. And maybe even more importantly, remember to talk to each other mm -hmm. about this. Um, this is not meant to be alone. We are not meant to live these lives alone. We are meant to enjoy the Lord together as we will mm -hmm. forever. So on that note, we'll say thank you. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to next time. Until then, be concentrating on the Lord. Find your satisfaction in Him and experience the peace that comes from being God's people. We'll see you next time. <laughs>